What's up, guys? It's Hard Rock Nick, one of the richest men in the world, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, the show you're too scared to tell your girlfriend that you watch. Quit your crying, put on your big boy panties, and let's get this show on the road. P.S. Beavis is my baby daddy. Hard Rock Nick the fuck out. Ladies and gentlemen, what is happening? My name is Austin with FTM Alerts, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, episode number 29. Can Beavis do something? You win. You win. There's the comment. That's all we needed. All right. So do we like the Lego blocks or like this? I think this is better, actually. I like that. The Lego blocks were, I was feeling claustrophobic being that close to you guys. Holy shit, man. It has been a week. And and full disclosure, like I woke up at 5:30 this morning because my little girl, she she's she's like daddy baba. So I brought her a bottle and she promised me she was gonna go back to sleep. Now, when a two-year-old promises me something, I take that to the bank. And she didn't. She didn't. She as soon as she was done, she's like, more milk. And so I've been getting I've been up since 5:30, just getting dinkled by the internet since then. So all right, let's get after it. With me as always, my wonderful co-host Justin Beavis, $24, double sharp. And crypto clay, clay, do me a favor, man. We gotta, we gotta put your, uh, we gotta put your Twitter after your name here. Hold on, let me fix you real quick. Fix it up, bro. It's Sorry. that. Shout crypto. out to crypto clay Twitter. Almost, uh, you're 10k, right? 10k. Followers. Nearly, nearly. He's getting bro. there. He's getting there. It's uh, yeah. There we go. You got it. You know why? Because he writes those threads like you did at at what time? I'm this learning morning? about the threads. I'm learning about the threads, and I'm I'm trying to. Uh, do uh, them once in a while. I'm figuring desensitized. Like I'll see like a thread from the same guy who makes like a ton of threads. I'm like, I'm gonna open this one up and read. <laughs> Come on, 24. Oh. So our work, it, if it's clay, I got you. I met like some of the other guys. You know. So small announcement, real quick, before we get into the topic. So all right. So starting when clay? When are we uh, starting? Mid April. I mean, yeah. April. First week April. in April, maybe Clay's going to start co-hosting the AMAs with me. My hope is within 90 days, I'm shuffling out of AMAs and moving. Uh, well, Clay's definitely going to have it, but then maybe, I don't know, 24. I think 24 should go in there, man. He needs a definitely. girlfriend so badly, dude. Somebody needs to date this guy. <laughs> He's dying of celibacy over there. If but so what I'm going to do is I'm going to transition over to uh not interviewing projects and i'm gonna start interviewing people i'm gonna start interviewing the people around phantom and we're gonna shit talk and it's not gonna be kid friendly but it's gonna be a lot more fun and i think you guys are probably gonna enjoy it uh so anyhow that's all i have to say about that let's get into what the hell's going on market sentiment bitcoin is dinkling forty-four thousand right now and so 46 is like some monumental resistance. And I've, I've mentioned Dave the Wave on here a few times, who is like kind of my go-to guy. 
when it comes to you know watching the markets and so forth and and he's normally been quite spot on about a lot of things and and really what what we're looking at here is more of a time thing as opposed to a price thing meaning the longer the longer we can range the higher the bottom is coming up right if you know anything about moving averages that's generally how it works and uh so 46 being huge 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 resistance I, I have not put a capitulation dump out of the question yet. And if you've been around for capitulation dumps, you know they look like the apocalypse. But what they really are, are, are you getting your coins stolen by people with bags ready to buy that shit? That's really what's going on during a capitulation dump. And it's a reversal. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hanging out, man. I'm just chilling with my bags. What, where are you guys at with this? Yeah, I mean, you know, phantom specific, right? TX counts coming back up. I, I you know, I noted, uh, I think yesterday that we're plus 255k, like back near a million per day, which is awesome. So a bit, a bit healthier. Um, Liquid driver at 17, beats back at 73. I do want to note, if you think back to like December, January timeframe, what started the massive phantom run? Liquid driver went from two to 50. And so I, I want to see liquid driver move and sometimes history repeats itself. So we'll see. Well, I think there's a big there's okay, so there's a shitload to be said for how many eyes are on a project and if those are bullish eyes waiting to buy, right? Like yep. like Liquid Driver's been around for a long time now. Spooky's been around a long time, Spirit's been around a long time, who we're gonna talk about later. Um, when bullish sentiment returns, you know, the projects with the biggest, most dedicated communities that are ready to rip into those projects, those I think are gonna be the ones that go hard. And I gotta tell you guys, man, I Liquid Driver has just been getting press all over the place lately. Like Dr. Liquid is a beloved human around Phantom. And apparently he's a very good he's a good memer too. Sorry, I cut somebody off, man. Twenty four, what do you think about the market, dude? Oh, I, I think it's uh it's kind of the same positions as we were talking last week. It's nice to see BTC go up to what forty four K. But like you said, like Bitcoin is going to do what Bitcoin does. So what you care about is your positions and, and, and whether or not you see them moving or not. Um, are you in it for the right reasons? And and like I said, communities, are, like uh, Austin said, communities like very, very key to look at because there's some tokens. You go in their Discord, it's a, it's a ghost town. And, and there's not people with the, the sentiment behind it and people actually supporting it. So you got to reevaluate some of those spots. And then I, I think you'd be all right. Let's go. Let's go. All right. And either of our resident devs want to talk about the market or just talk about you and call it a day. I didn't know prices changed. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, bro. Yo, should we just start with the juice? Let's just, let's just start with the juice. And I'm going to tell you why we're going to start with the juice. Because I know Roosh watches the show and he waits to hear his name. So we're going to give it to him up front today. Solidly. Are we dead in the water, just killing time? Deus says they're bringing forex pairs uh, onto solidly. All right, so here's here's what went down over the last forty-eight hours. For anyone that doesn't know, so the the uh, the epochs change uh, at twelve p.m. UTC, which is Thursday or twelve a.m. Excuse me, Thursday morning, right? Which is like eight p.m. my time. And uh, there was like a, a an insta dump, and everyone was going, "Holy shit, what's going on with Solid?" Right? Because we all know, all right, Andre exited. That was a bummer. Uh, 
the site has not really performed. I think, it, I think in the way that like some people thought it should, um, we don't really know if there's any of the development going on with it that was originally touted to be happening. And, uh, and, and then a couple of protocols exited their position. One of the most notably that I, I want to talk about real quick before I pass this off is dude scream has been getting reamed, uh, hard. And, and I got to defend the guy just for a minute here. Uh, cause I, you know, granted, all right, top 25 protocols were given a VE NFT. That's true. But some of these protocols like worked their ass off to build for this golden goose that was coming. And in his defense, uh, he did put it up to a community vote. Like he was, he didn't just like rip into it. He put it up for a vote and uh, the community voted for it. And he, he did what he said he was going to do. So I, I, my, my personal feeling is the people that are coming after him as hard as they are, they're probably doing so on the one hand, maybe because of his actions, but on the other hand, because of their own bags and they don't like, you know, they don't like what happened to the price. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Where are y'all at on solidly? No holds barred. Kick uh, it off. I'm going to be honest on my solid tokens. I, I, I farmed and held, but to be honest, I couldn't see the future. Obviously there's depending on people building on it. I did capitulate, but looking at the charts for things that kind of built on it, OXD solid, <laughs> probably not the best price action. And it's it, for investors. When you see like um, a protocol exodus position, it kind of, it kind of, some people want to get ahead of it. I, I don't know if you noticed that uh, with the announcements, when someone says they're going to sell or a large amount of something, people kind of got ahead of that and you can see it in the charts. So it's a it's a it's a mixed bag. I can see the future with solidly, but you got to be careful. Always pres preserve your capital. You don't stay alive. Go to nothing exactly. So risk tolerance depends on everyone else. This is definitely higher risk than most kind of things right now. For sure, for sure. Clay, what do you think, man? You know, I think I think the original narrative has has now sort of died off, right? So like what what everyone thought was going to be sort of the use case and, and go forward for even protocols, obviously now exiting positions that, that has since changed. Um, you know, I, I think all it takes is a spark, like a lot of, you know, most of crypto, a lot of it is narrative and, and direction. And so, you know, if we see someone start to develop on it, I think that there's, you know, there's still room for a future, right? Um, it, it really comes down to what is the future use case and, and how long are you willing to either ride that out and, and you know, be at a loss, or or you know, do you believe in the future? I'm not, you know, the other thing is like there were a bunch of protocols that popped up as a result of this project. So there's there has to be vested interest somewhere uh, in the Phantom community to try to be successful with this. So maybe it's Hopium. I'm I'm riding it out because I'm just curious, and I'm and I'm already down. And so you know, why exit now? But um, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. I think there's other things. <laughs> All right, double star Beavis, <laughs> give it to me. What do you got, man? I mean, wasn't I don't I don't really know any of the details of this, but I mean, didn't when the the NFTs were being given out originally, like one of the use cases for the, being given an NFT was selling it. Um, I mean, I was just thinking about it, and like just because you're in the top twenty five TVLs doesn't mean you want to participate in a project just because somebody gives you a token. So to some extent, like I, you know, people can do whatever they want. I think again, like I don't really know the details, but it sounds like if the like scream community voted to sell whatever and then they sold it then um that's just how it 
goes. And that was like, even before the whole thing launched, that was one of the, like the thing, I think Andre tweeted about it. Like if you could sell your, or Danielle or one of them tweeted that like you could sell the NFT and, and like raise capital for your project. So, you know, I mean, it sounds like that happened. I think um, like overall, I still, I still don't really know um, what the like future holds. I think, it was sort of a crazy release and then things it's i it still wasn't even totally clear to me like how many things were bugs versus design changes versus um you know what so i'm not like to be honest just sort of stopped paying attention to it because i had other stuff i wanted to do and it was just like kind of all over the place so i still think there's definitely vested interest in making it work though um there's what, a lot of people who are who are like involved what i don't get though so all right <clears throat> it's a cool narrative right to say forex on chain i get it and most people are probably not familiar with the forex market um prior to my foray into bitcoin i did some work in the forex market and i can tell you that i don't see on chain now i it wouldn't be on chain settlements so it's not like you know in the forex market you're either playing against you're playing against the house or you might have an STP account, which which is called straight through processing. But either way, they're pretty much instant. And settlement is instant. And when you wanna go pull your money out, it's instant. And so from my perspective, I don't see how on-chain Forex is any advancement to the current market that is already $5 trillion per day. Well, it's, it, wouldn't it effectively just be foreign stable coins so like you would have a euro stable coin and a whatever a one or whatever and then you can now you can transfer between us dollar stable coins and other stable coins and or cryptocurrencies so i mean in terms of advantage it would be sort of the same same reason you'd be doing it with the us stable coin but now you can use other currencies let me tell you about a little something called beethoven x <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's like uh, freaking it. Like so, so many people put a lot of work into this. So, um, you know, I really want it to work. I really want like Gandalf to come from like the west or the east or where the sun rises or wherever the hell, and like ride down the mountain with like his horses, and suddenly you know, solidly is gonna uh, be awesome. Um, but. Uh, you know, every week that passes, it becomes less and less likely, I think. And um, currently, I feel that, uh, like, with how the emissions are set up, and we've known this for a little while, and we've been hoping, like, either we were wrong or it would somehow resolve itself. Um, but it's it's kind of programmed to go to zero. Um, and I mean, like Uniswap can exist without a token, you know, Uniswap existed without a token. Um, even when SushiSwap went after them, they were still the biggest exchange on Ethereum. Um, so, you know, it, it's not to say solidly is totally dead in the water, but you know, SushiSwap was coming at Uniswap with a fork of Uniswap and Solidly is on the network doing something pretty similar to what a lot of other groups on the network are doing or have done. Um, so, 
you know, and they have incentives and, and they have kind of an intelligent incentive structure. So right now, like solidly is, is kind of written off in my mind. Um, I think, you know, all the kind of problems we said with the development leading up to it, um, I think have kind of like come to fruition. And at this point, I think to a certain extent, it's worth ignoring um, and, you know, maybe even hoping a little uh, that someone comes in and saves it. But I just like the token is so ingrained into the system that it's not like someone can just be like, we're solidly maintainers now. We're going to emit this token and incentivize solidly and, you know, yada, yada, yada. It like that kind of defeats the purpose of, of the whole thing. So, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of it, it was an interesting experiment. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have probably learned a lot about, you know, what could happen if you did crazy stuff like this, uh, you know, but, um, at the end of the day, you know, we just need to look forward. I think, um, drama has slowly been dying down. Uh, you know, I, I saw on Twitter, someone commenting, oh, two weeks without drama. And I'm like, yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> it's so awesome. And, you know, like all we do is talk about what's going on on the network in, you know, an unchanged sort of fashion. So if, if what's going on on the network is like really dramatic and, and stressful, then we're going to be a little dramatic and stressed on here. Um, but Glowworms, dude. Glowworms always I mean, replies to me. Yeah. Got all the hot, super hot chicks with worm faces. And I'll tell you, like, I'm no marketing guy. Dude, he seems a, like good marketing to me. Dude, like he's, yeah, he's, he's a marketing like master. Dude's like, on master one. Marketing but God. let's not be completely hey. bearish though on solidly. Like it yeah. still has uh half a million or half a billion dollars in in TVL, hundred million nearly in volume daily. Like if you compare that to something like Beethoven, it's it's really competitive. And, and let's be honest, Curve is on deployed on every uh, network. Like if we really kind of focus on the the stables, at least the stable side of solidly, like there's a lot of fee to er fees to be earned. And you look at Deuce um, incentivizing their stable coin. There's there's just a lot of things you can make out of it. Like compare, look at look at okay, Beethoven. Everyone loves Beethoven. Um, its volume last 24 hours was 33 million. Solidly was 80 million. Right? Like it's not nothing it's like yep. obviously the token tokenomics are not maybe you don't like it and, and maybe the price action isn't the best but um when it comes to DeFi, in terms of this volatility and, and the or early part of stuff you can really really make make it like the risk is is here for a reason if there was something to be built on it, it if you have some position it's in, in the ecosystem whether it be solid <clears throat> uh, solid or oxd I think it's still not completely worth fading, um, but that's well, just so. So let's be a bag holder support group for a minute. My name's Austin. I'm a bag holder. Okay. I'm a bag holder. <laughs> so I, I'm a bag holder, right? I haven't sold. Uh, I have it, and so here's a couple scenarios I could see playing out. Let's talk about Roosh for a second. Uh, the dude has gone ham on solid, okay. and. He, for some reason, believes this is going to pan out. Now, whether it does or not, I don't know. But here's what I can tell you is a possibility of happening, which is a strong narrative shift that causes buy pressure. 
Whether it pans out or not is another scenario, but a strong narrative shift is entirely possible to have because it happens all the time. So if I were not in the position right now, I probably wouldn't be buying because it's a very high risk scenario. But in the position that I'm in, I'm also not selling uh, because I don't think that's the scenario that I'm, I want to take. Now, I have heard some chatter um, third or even fourth party about like Oxdow trying to do something. And when I say Oxdow, I don't mean Debus or Erie or Scream. I mean the devs that are actually doing the development work on the background. Um, obviously, SolidX is going to have a vested interest in something coming to fruition from this. And so I see that narrative as being a much stronger narrative than throwing some Forex pairs on solidly and hoping the volume shows up right now. Yeah. Laffa is a smart guy. Like, like he can, you know, I mean, if he's coming in with some hardcore development, like that might be the hopium too, but I really do see the teams that have put in the hard, hard work up until this point, really being the ones that would probably pull it out. Yeah. They, I think, I think they need to like just bug fix, fork and redeploy solidly and i think that would be like a really you know noble effort and i think it would pay off for whoever does it that's kind of my hope for um you know you know the solid x and ox style teams like they can combine forces and they they created this software they created these apps um for them to go to waste would be really kind of sad and that's what i've been hoping for as well like we plan on holding on to like at least a chunk of our solid we hope we're you know we plan on holding on to our ve nft um and, and just seeing where it goes and that that isn't to say like i mean it's mostly because like we don't want to dump all our solid on the market you know we we want to give it like we've counting like development time and, and energy and stress and all that um i think we're, we're still probably net positive um, you know, not by a ton, but you even count like the marketing attention and, and things like that. Um, you know, I, it, it's not the kind of ROI you expect in DeFi development, but right now, you know, I, I would be, um, you know, remiss to say it, it wasn't beneficial to us. So, um, I'm just, I'm just holding on to some stuff and hoping and everybody can exit if they want to exit and, um, you know, I just hope, I just think someone should fix it and redeploy it, and I think that would be fun, um, and I think everybody would uh, would get excited by that just because of like the hurt. It's do do you hurt. mean just like the front end, <laughs> like the the UI UX, or the smart contracts need like uh, some serious serious TLC, and um, it's just like you know. I manage like freaking six projects or whatever. I don't have the time to do it. Um, it's got to be like the Oxdow guys or the SolidX guys. Um, and the SolidX guys are probably busy as hell too. So, and the Oxdow guys are urine guys. So they, they're busy with, you know, urine responsibilities. Um, Deus, uh, you know, they're another player in the game. Um, if, you know, Roosh can, can push them in that direction, then sure. But um, yeah, I mean, if someone were to... Re-release the token, you know, re-airdrop the VE NFTs, airdrop, uh, you know, bug-fixed solid tokens to everyone. Or maybe just start from scratch. Who knows? But mm -hmm. a lot of people have lost a lot of money and, and may continue to lose a lot of money. So um, 
I know everybody would be invested in in the success of a, a platform like that. So interesting. Not, not so really a call arms, but I'll, uh, I'll say one last thing though. Deus, like uh, if it stands the way it stands now, they're laughing. They're gonna get crazy incentives towards their stable coin. Um, if you think it's like broken in the state it is, um, there's still money to be made and there's still action on it. So I, I'm encouraging any developers watching this to really kind of at the lows get in your your government token or your governance tokens and start incentivizing your your projects usd you know, step in yeah exactly <laughs> uh, opportunity for you there <laughs> housekeeping question housekeeping question just for everybody who might have lps wrapped up in there like the the pop-up of this is going to disappear on april 3rd is no longer there so is this going? Is it, is it the same UI and front end going to continue after? Yeah, April yeah. 3rd? Solid X has yeah. control. Solid X. So they they announced it back on the sixteenth. Just confirming so, for the masses. So here's what here's here's the problem. I think that aside from all the problems that were spoken about already, here's the problem: emissions are have just been kicked off a cliff, and there that cliff it has basically it has a bottom. But it's way down there, right? And they're on another cliff that they're going to be kicked off of. <laughs> you know, and like, and the trading fees, the trading fees are zero point zero one percent, if I'm not mistaken, which means they're yep. thirty times less than uh, Spirit, right? They're twenty five times less than Spooky Swap, which means to match that that fee structure, uh, which once emissions stop, that's all there is is trading fees. Or not stop, but when they tail off, that's pretty much what you got. You got to have like thirty x the volume, five billion dollars in volume. The volume uh, makes sense, but it's not like sustainable. Dev without Devil's volume. advocate, you need thirty times the volume, but if you have one thirtieth of the people getting the emissions, then it, those people are making the same amount of money, and everybody's trading for less. Which that's the other thing with this is like. My understanding, and again, like I don't know all the details of the tokenomics, but if people are, you know, vying for control of the token to be able to vote on future, and like you know where the fees go in the future, then if people are selling all their tokens now and people like Roosh are buying them up, then then if this doesn't totally go away, then those people are going to get to decide where those fees go in the future, regardless of how big. Are are you are you getting thirty times the tokens though? Because you think about it, every like 0.1% down, the trading band gets smaller and smaller, smaller that you're arbing. So it's not it's not a 30x. It's like you know, diminishing, diminishing, diminishing returns to the point that um, you know it's like there is no reason to provide liquidity. Like as as a liquidity provider, um, you know, solidly right now is 100% for traders. All the fees, the way they're distributed um, is a little weird. They're really, really crazy low. Um, it, it's just like I can't see it being competitive in its current state, period. Um, without a revenue model for wouldn't want to provide liquidity. With, with Oxdal, with Solidly, with all of these, like yeah. it said, like we don't, we're not doing any dev allocations or team allocations or whatever like that's what we're talking about now is part of why that doesn't make sense to me because like if there's no fees and there's no allocations for a team or whatever like who keeps working on it are they incentivized to do that is- the incentive is fixing it and deploying it and using the audience you've gathered to capitalize on it at this point okay well maybe that maybe now in all fairness i gotta say a few new concepts were introduced 
by Solidly that when they get reproduced by other projects may do fairly well. One of them being you only get the LP fees if you voted towards that pool. I feel like that's a good a good thing to have because it keeps votes away from low volume pools, which have traditionally, I mean, for like the bribing, for example, bribing, uh, well, Beethoven has done well because it's, it's kind of made sure that its core pools get incentive or get emissions. But like, I, I see Spirit Swap has ran into that issue where, you know, the gauges are just kind of spread all over the place. And so what's happening is their core pools are not getting APRs and, um, but, that will be getting fixed. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about Spirit Swap V2 down the road. Uh, it's a topic today. Should we move on from this shit? Yeah, I, I would All say right. move on, but just I think there is incentive for liquidity providers. Your stable coins, your DAI, USDC. I can't see, I can't talk about long term, but there's there's a clear need. There's there's a half a billion dollars in there. People are earning. So yeah, that's yeah, all. I just I'm holding. Do. I'm staying in. I have it staked at, at OXD and we'll see what the hell goes on. The most positive aspect for right now, Phantom saw a million new wallets in 78 days. They brought, they brought you know, a million new wallets onto the chain. Like That's probably the, the best thing we've got going right now. Everyone hates losing it, money. It's driving liquid, too, dude. It's driving it's, liquid. There Wait. we go. It's driving liquid. Stop. I don't, that, you gotta, he's he's going to need to trademark that because you're going to start using it. He's going to turn around and sue us I'm later. I'm the official liquid driver spokesperson. Just <laughs> dude, people, dude, I say anything about liquid driver. I see like 10 threads on Twitter. I'm like, bro, it ain't that serious. But Bro, he's getting <laughs> a lot of love, though, dude. Dude, like people that, love liquid driver. It's all organic. Because they lock it. They lock it, and he actually has like a, a revenue model that is like really rewarding for lockers. It's really so. solid. And yeah, no doubt. Liquid, all right. solid. Is that all you wanted to say about the uh, about the wallets there, Crypto Clay? I, I dinkled the topic. Million? What's that? Uh, I said I dinkled the topic. I didn't yeah, you dinkled the that. shit out of that topic, bro. My bad. Is that well, got two point five million uh, wallets <laughs> now? It's pretty pretty awesome. Like uh, yeah, no, I mean, last year we didn't have yep. that much. So yeah, I mean, only four hundred eighty thousand like, of those are mine. <laughs> that is that is the one flaw in the stat right now i mean i think like looking at holistically right like added a million wallets in the first 78 days of the year um you know over 2.5 million in total for the network past avax in december um gaining ground on avax you know separating that gap pretty much every day adding like you know between 12 and thirteen thousand on average a day um and if you think about like growth 2021 uh, 1.4 million total wallets. We've done a million this year. So if you want to just compare quarter over quarter growth, like, or excuse me, year over year growth, it's it's pretty there. So, um, you know, it's pretty. Uh, I don't know how you can't be bullish about that. It's exciting. Now, do do you guys? I'm so amused by the people on Twitter. Like every time I post anything, I get one or two folks, and they're generally from a Southeast Asian country. Generally, you know, like. Like I, I send your mother to a group or whatever, you know, that type of shit. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> phantom only go down. What's going on? And I'm like, oh, man. But, you know, honestly, I, I do want to mention, I know that there's a lot of new people in our community. There's always going to be that, man. And you've like to to make it, at least from my experience and in my opinion, you've got to see past your nose. You have to almost envision what can happen and play out those scenarios in your head. 
at least I've had to, to be able to, to ride these, these waves with my bags and have some belief in these teams. Right. And, and I, I know there's a lot of people that bought phantom around $3 and there were a lot of people that bought Bitcoin at $15,000 and they had a really tough few years, but when Bitcoin goes to a hundred thousand dollars and then you tell anyone in, in the world that, Hey man, I made six, 700% on my money in five years, right. Or whatever they're going to go. That's pretty insane, dude. But it's really just a matter of like believing in what you hold. And, yep. and I've never been more bullish on Phantom uh, than I am right now in this moment. That's all I wanted to say. We've heard too many horror stories where somebody was ready, you know, had their bags packed, BTC, ETH early on, and they capitulated. You don't want to be that guy. If you're in a position, you're in that position for long term. If you're just trying to swing, do whatever you want to do with your money. But don't be upset in a couple years when you see the positions have like skyrocketed. Did you say yeah. horror stories? Like horror? horror yeah. Horror? yeah. Can, have I told you about Abu Dhabi? Because man, there was a bunch of them there. I'm sorry. <laughs> keep going. What do you have to say, Clay? <laughs> I, I just, so, like, one more thing, like from you know macro fundamentals, right? Following the trends of the markets, like seeing, like realizing that for the first time ever. Liquid Driver and Spirit were just listed on a sex in, in Polonex, or that's how it's said. Like the first time ever. Like that's shocking to me that you know that that's actually the case. So if you if you really take a step back and think about where are we in terms of maturity, you know, seeing a million new wallets in 78 days is is a sign of where we are in maturity. Seeing two really really fantastic projects get listed in, our, in a, you know in, a, in the first centralized exchange really ever for them is you know it's just we're so early and so it's like. Keep the big, you know, zoom out, keep perspective, and, and I think that, you know, everything will be okay, even when the price goes up and down. My name's Clay. I'm a bag holder. We, we yeah. kind of are that, though, right? Andre was right. Like, we're, we are the support. We group. need all to right, have, on the side of our thingies, we need to have all of our vested interests listed out. <laughs> we should have the 12 steps of bag holding. Somebody needs to write that shit. Clay, that's your next thread, dude. The 12, the 12 yeah. steps of bag Honestly, holding. Honestly, Bag holding is like a lifestyle. So <laughs> it is. Just like, you know, be be an activist investor. Anyone can be an activist investor and help push the narrative. And if you, dude, if you comment enough in places where the foundation might see or people that know the foundation might see, eventually they might take you up on your ideas. And I remember like when Phantom, like Mainnet just came out. Dude, I was like a reply guy. I was freaking in, like, if you search Justin Bebus, like, in the <laughs> official Phantom Foundation thing, like, and you read my stuff from 2020, like, I'm, I'm just in there like, hey, buh, buh, buh. I'm like the most annoying guy ever. Um, but a lot of, a lot of the things that I was saying, like, you know, came to fruition. And, and I think a lot of that is just like, you know, giving ideas to other community members creates a network effect and eventually your ideas might, uh, you know, be actualized. So I'll try to show my interest. All right, let's move on. So uh, we do have some new sponsorships. Now, this one I find to be like super, super interesting. And I got the chance to chat with Pietro. But, you know, he's from Miami. Like I was super afraid Pietro. I was going to say his name wrong. He's like Pietro, Pietro Fittipaldi, man. Pietro. Like, I'm from Miami. It's all good. But, dude, this dude's awesome. And what's so cool about these guys is not only are they F1, F2 drivers, but they're also – they have the – they do this um, simulated racing 
on Twitch, and they're the world champions of simulated racing, and they have the Whoa. biggest Twitch channel <laughs> in the cool. world for people that do this sort of thing, which means their demographic is like age 16 to, let's say, 25, which is the crypto, I mean, that's the new crypto generation dem demographic, right? That's probably the target market. So like, I find this to be a really, really cool sponsorship. And this dude is like, he's a stud, man. I had him on uh, with uh, Simone the other day and we were just shooting the shit and talking about his NFTs and stuff. And like, he's on fire. Like he wants to do the best job he can do for Phantom. And I just found that to be like, wow, man, this is not like, you know, some celebrity pushing their you know nft that's going to delete the discord <laughs> after they <laughs> drop i saw zach zach xbt put something like that up this morning um but but like these guys are actually we didn't approach them they approached us they came to simone and said hey dude we see that you're sponsoring pierre we think we'd be a good fit for this let's link up so like i'm i'm super encouraged by that i just wanted to shout shout them out man because they're and they're raising shit. money i think that's yeah. that's awesome for refugees like and, yep. and the art like sometimes you get like you look at some of the stuff you think it's kind of just shoved out but no there's some work done with it um i think the pieces are pretty awesome like i don't know if you guys remember the pierre nfts like he he i think he was standing in front of like a green screen for one of them and there's that mm -hmm. that red too right um and i would honestly stare at pierre's face for so long to like see like <laughs> Like what? What's going on? Like you can see in history. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, like huh? they clearly had the time for the NFTs. Like we need to get like 24 NFTs. I'm excited for these ones, dude. We need to get some 24 like Super Saiyan NFTs in front of the green screen. He's got like freaking energy around Did him. You hear Sorry. me whispering, like, dude, we need to what? do a free <laughs> NFT drop, man. One day when I have some time, when Clay takes over this shit and, I, and my time frees up, man, we're definitely going to do free NFTs for the Phantom community. And then, and then I'm going to be like, I quit crypto. You guys develop it. And then they can, somebody else can do something with it because I don't want to fucking do it. But uh, I had something to say. What the hell did I have to say? Ah, it must not be that important. I forgot about it. 24, right. is that shirt knit? Is that a knit shirt? No, no, it's uh, I think it's printed, but it's like one of those dry fit, stretchy. It's really nice. Oh, gotcha. Second that time I'm wearing it, you know. <laughs> Dude, it's so good, bro. I have it's I so have good. an NFTs. Uh, I have an NFTs coupon I've been sitting on uh, that coupon. I want to use. I I I need to I need to see what they got right now. They they were showing me some designs, and I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna bag hold this coupon until their new designs come out, and then. Uh, if it doesn't work by then, I'm going to pretend <laughs> that I'm innocent. <laughs> oh, it doesn't work. What the heck? Wait, is this like one of those good for one free back rub coupons that you give your girlfriend on Valentine's Day? Like, Dude, I think this is good for two NFTs. <laughs> you just throw up the shocker while you... Never mind. We got we to gotta move on. I can't. I can't. If anyone got that joke, we just went outside of the kid-friendly. All right. Let's talk about Wondering for a second, man. So uh, who's got the information here? Because I really don't. I, I popped in their Discord for a second. Uh, I, want, I want the technical information, but there's an after-the-hack story uh, that, that should be talked about, too. So who wants this one? I mean, I know a little bit about the hack. Um, it looked like a flash loan exploit. From the research we did, I, I didn't. I don't know if we like conclusively found the the actual exploit, but it looked like there were some ways to manipulate the share price. Um, it wasn't using an oracle. 
wasn't using like a time weighted price. So you could um, affect the the value of the LP and then, uh, you know, kind of. Wait, they had no Oracle and no TWAP. What were they using to pull price? Just a, a data feed? It's just a, yeah, it's just a spot price. But isn't oh. that all right? All right so like I, I'm no dev, but I've seen a bunch of exploits happen and like it always has to do with the price feed. Like it always has to do with the Oracle or, or not the Oracle, but the, the price getting manipulated in some way. Always, always, mm -hmm. always. Right. I mean, am I crazy? What's insane? Not no. always. Not but always. But like there, there are like there's a few classic exploits and this is the classic gist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's 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 the easiest to fall into as well someone okay i'm i'm so white because it's literally dark in here and i'm using my white computer screens uh to <laughs> how like, many screens do you have jb i see three. you looking in a 180 degree i have three trash. i have three 32 inch 4k monitors <gasps> and i utilize all of them oh my god i feel now and i feel I like I need, I need to buy that trading charts I utilize all of them yeah. for the purpose of productivity. I just um, went with the like one huge. Don't lie, one's for Discord. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, my left one is for Discord. <laughs> okay. Dude, Discord is my Slack. That's my job, bro. Wait, so what uh, happened after the hack? Yeah, the, how did they mess that up? Some people seem to be unhappy. I, so I, I think it's communication. I, actually, so one thing about the hack that I found interesting. Again, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a developer either. But like I, I read that this thing had a self-destructing contract. So the so the exploit contract that they wrote had a self-destructing contract that at a certain epoch it just vanishes, and so they couldn't yeah. actually track down they, this. They deleted it. But they deleted you it. You can't. You can't. I just wanted to clarify. You can't have anything automatically explode on the blockchain. Like the exploiter deleted <laughs> their contract. I do that to my contracts a lot too. Gotcha. So I obviously like very well planned and, and well executed. Wait, so the keyholder can can deploy a contract, go in, and then just delete that. Can you can you not call self destruct in at the end of a con uh, transaction? That's what it you said it did. It, you can call it at the end of a transaction, but what they did is deployed a contract that had a way to self destruct it, ran the exploit, and then called self destruct and deleted the bytecode. That said, it's like semi-annoying but it doesn't really change anything in terms of doing any sort of forensics because the transaction that created the contract is still there so you can still get the bytecode it's just slightly like you can't get it off of fpm scan but otherwise it's just, it ain't pretty yeah it just makes it a little it more annoying pilot yeah gotcha. i uh i i mean i didn't look into it because it wasn't decompiled so it definitely like uh or, or it um, wasn't on phantom scan. So it definitely like filtered uh, impatient people. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the price feed stuff, like there's, uh, and, and I guess it, it's a lot easier to fall into some of these traps than people think. Um, like a lot of times they may think they're securing their Oracle and they're really not because like Oracle security is like, crazy complex um there's a lot of math that goes into it um you know uh i would say like you know maybe look at robo vault or yearn see how they do it um look at look at someone who like has you know security input on their contracts or whatever um because the bad the faulty price reads uh that's a mistake that 
you shouldn't be making uh, in in 2022. Um, it's like any any time that there is uh, a price read, like a, a, an alarm should be going off in your head that says invest in securing this, invest yeah. whatever it takes in securing this because it will no matter what. Like you cannot spend enough money on securing things like price feeds, things like accounting logic. You you could not possibly spend enough money um, to outweigh the risk that you're taking on um, with that. So like, you know, if you're if you're throwing really high risk logic or high risk code on chain, you know, you're talking about million dollar liabilities. Hundred million dollar liabilities in some cases, you know. So um, that's something I will give them credit for that. That they did have a limit on the the pool, so it wasn't a hundred million dollars. I think I don't know exactly what was in it, but they did it was limit the losses. Two million, yeah, two million total. Which yeah, is yeah. still obviously a ton of money, but like it could have been worse. Um, the other thing, I mean, so the way that for anyone interested, the way that we reviewed like looked into the exploit without having the code is that we looked at the transaction and what token transfers it made. And then also looked at the transaction on tenderly to see what other contracts it interacted with. And you could tell like what functions it was calling on other contracts. One of them, you could see that it was burning tokens. There was only one function in their contracts that had a burn function. So that kind of narrowed it down to where um, that could be. It did so. It, it it was a flash loan from Solidly that deposited like eighty million die or something like that into a pool and like totally w- messed up the the balances and then they were yeah. able to withdraw all the value. But the other thing with this is from looking at the code, like I'm pretty sure it hadn't been audited. Um, it so it was good that they were limiting the amount of money that could go into it. But anyone who was investing into it should have realized this hasn't been audited. It's new code. It's not forked. Um, more risks than normal. I had a call with uh, the One Ring team. I want to say like it was a long time before they launched, maybe two months. And I found them to be, I really, really liked the team. Like I found them to be a very good, solid team. And then, at, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really get involved in the project, but like after they launched, they were everywhere. They were on every bribe, every farm. Like these guys were not screwing around. Uh, with making their presence known, which I found to be like, damn, dude, like they definitely have the marketing side of things. So I would like to say, I really, really hope the One Ring team bounces back from this and uh, doesn't fracture the community in the process. And I think they have a cool thing going and I really hope that they can can pull through. It's funny that they use Lord of the Rings IP. (laughs) I think whenever I see, whenever I go to a DeFi website and I see like Mario or like Lord of the Rings or some shit like that, I crack up so much. (laughs) It's like, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of gangster. It's like, (laughs) but is it as gangster as Scream doing the Scream? I mean, don't we have like, we've had a few of those, uh, you know, and people are like, well, what happens when they come and sue you? And it's like, I mean, what are they doing? Party in this lawsuit. Yeah. When you get that Warner Brothers cease and desist letter. Yeah. (laughs) All right. No, but so Austin, they're looking at repaying the loan from the treasury. So, or excuse me, they're looking at repaying the hack from the treasury, and they put a bounty out to the person that hacked to see if they come back or something. Yeah, that that always works. That that, exactly. They don't do that. But But anyhow, all right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I mean. Uh, 1.1 million 
is you can come back from that shit. You know, higher numbers, not so much, but you can definitely come back from that shit. All right. Let's talk about Beats Boosted Pools. Clay, since you wrote the article that went up on the Beats blog, could you please explain this shit in a way that makes sense? Clay wrote that? Because I was reading it and I was like, this is so well written. I can't Uh, wait to regurgitate it. Look at that. 24, dude. That's your new co-host right there, bro. You need to get him on there. Make him (laughs) famous. Get him a girlfriend, for God's sakes. I'm going to have um, for my current girlfriend, don't worry, they're just playing. Uh, I'm going to get like two of them. It's fine. Bro, just deflate (laughs) her so she can't hear you. (laughs) I'm sorry. All right, Clay, what you got on Boosted Pools? Because this is a huge step forward. This is a huge bit of tech. It's not just like an IB token and another token in a weighted pool. There's like some shit going on in the background here. Can you explain this? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Boosted pools, the future of liquidity provision, I think was sort of the, the title of the article. And so there's a few things that like kind of have to be understood. So, and I didn't know this, but at any given time in a, a liquidity pool, um, only about 10 to 15% of liquidity is actually used to facilitate trades on a daily basis. So you have this huge vat of liquidity that's not generating fees, not making any money for the LP provider, you know, sitting there that is, you know, able to be used. So capital inefficiency in the traditional sense, right? Um, and so what these pools, you know, what the boosted pools do is take that 85% of liquidity uh, that's, you know, sitting idle and, and deposit it into interest bearing assets like a urine vault, right? So it's creating this passive layer of APR that is sustainable long term, right? Because eventually what's going to happen in, in the ecosystem is all emissions will come down across all protocols. Yeah. You know, the days of 100 to 500% sustainable APR will not be sustainable. And so how do you get ahead of that? you know, now and start building an ecosystem that is sustainable. Like look at curve APRs, right? They're, they're very low. And so when we reach that point of maturity, we're going to hit that. So so what these boosted pools do is is create an interest bearing asset uh, aspect to idle liquidity sitting in a pool. So that's that's the first kind of innovation, which I think is immense for the future. Um, they also bring new token types to liquidity pairs, right? So in, in the first launch, um, that it's you know it's basically boo and expo so intro to DeFi put out a tweet why can't we use staked tokens uh in lps and so boosted pools are the first iteration of being able to bring in staked tokens both boo and expo to an lp pair that's not mapped so like look at SolidX, right you've got pairs with boo but on the other side is expo in this case you have boo expo and phantom all in the same pool so you can trade between all of them interchangeably that's going to give you larger positions for your LPs because now you can utilize your expo. Um, you're going to benefit from swap fees. You know, be long volatility, right? Bebas put out a good thread, uh, one of his first thread ors that I've seen about winding and unwinding LPs. And every time you get in and out of an expo boo position, there's volatility there. And so now these boosted pools are going to capture that volatility for LP providers. Um, bring new tokens. So like we'd love to see Xcream, Xterra. Like how do we get these other staked positions? into LPs, and then you can grow your actual position by utilizing them. By the way, XBoo has its own, you know, tokenomics depreciation benefits. And so you still, you keep all of that. So it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then I think another piece that we can't gloss over is this idea of linear pools and nesting pools. And so this stuff is all super pretty, pretty complicated, but, but the concept of, of linear pools is you have a token like DAI, and then you know, an interest-bearing asset 
like YV die, so yearn vault die, and they can live in the same linear pool together. And that's how this interest appreciation aspect of the whole thing comes together, right? Now, where this gets interesting is when you think about stable pools. So from a linear pool, you've got DAI, USDC, you know, insert a bunch of other stables here. You can nest all of these things together and create this massive vat of liquidity that is all living in one place. And so eventually what you end up with is just this USD pool. So forget all the tokens behind it, DAI, USDC, you know, Frax, just insert, and there'll be, there'll be a, a bunch to come. But you have this super concentrated, super deep liquidity that can be mapped to any LP on Beethoven. And so activating new, new LPs becomes super easy. The liquidity, I would imagine, becomes you know, the deepest in the, in the stable game is probably the goal. Um, and the way this used to work with traditional AMMs or like UNIV2 forks is every LP pair needs its own stable. So Phantom USDC, Phantom DAI, Phantom yeah. insert another stable, right? Think about this. Phantom, every stable you can imagine. Now you can enter and exit with all these different stables. So you can see how new, you know, bringing new tokens to the ecosystem, passive interest through APR, and this stable you know, aspect to boosted pools is it's pretty freaking groundbreaking. I mean, it's, it's a huge innovation in DeFi. <clears throat> huge. Everyone go watch that again later and pick up on that because this is, yeah. this is the type of stuff that the Beethoven team is doing uh, in the background. And like, they're very capable. Like, I think that's part of, you know, it's not just that we love the tech. This team is very, very capable, uh, and they're doing cool shit. And I think we can, we will continue to see innovations like that uh, coming down the pipe. So cool, Clay. Thank you for explaining that. Now, there's a part to this where, like, like if you take the die YV die for example, isn't there a part to this where one token can expand exponentially, and they try and keep the other token within a particular range? So, for instance, like if it's die YV die, you could have billions of dollars worth of YV die, and they want to keep you know, 0.8 million to $1.2 million worth of die and, and they only rebalance or it becomes profitable to ARB when it goes outside of that range, right? Is, am I correct in this? Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. So, you know, okay. it's, it's built on, you know, they set these ranges and then when the tokens fall outside that range, ARB's, you know, ARB opportunities become present, right? So they can come in and, and actually do the ARB. So it's, it's probably less about the balancer and more about the ranges in, in this case. Um, shit, I'd be remiss to not mention one more thing. The phantom BPTs. So the way that these pools work right now is when you go into Beethoven, if you've deposited, you mint your BPTs, you enter the pool. Uh, that is a mint burn functionality. These new pools have something called phantom BPTs where all the BPTs are, are pre-minted as the pool is created. It's billions. It's way more than you'd ever use. So now it's all done through swaps. So gas is more efficient. Entering and exit is faster. Uh, I mean, it's basically just, it's an upgrade to everything, everything. is pre-approved somehow uh, yeah, as yeah. well, which is like um, pretty crazy. The, the vault has pre-approval though, not any like random person. Um, so like once these get going, like these will be so user-friendly and make life so, 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 so easy. Um, and like, if I'm a big balance sheet and I'm trying to deploy funds to generate interest like serious interest um you know i'm talking to yearn seeing how i can you know wrap them up in you know xyz vault uh i'm you know talking to beethoven seeing if i can get a boosted pool uh and i'm you know deploying in there 
I'm setting up an art bot, you know, and like this is this is the best, most scalable interest uh, in DeFi period for regular people. Um, yeah. You know, Uni V3, you can probably capture uh, better, more sustainable interest, but um, you would need to micromanage it. Uh, but Uni V3 has the the, really the rebalancing issues. Like you, you lose a lot of money on impermanent loss. I think I think this is slightly better for the general regular user. Yeah, don't you lose a lot on like IL or? That depends on that depends on how wide oh, your yeah. liquidity position is. So like you talk yeah. about um, Beethoven recognizing that you know only fifteen percent of this you, you, uh, liquidity is being used. You know we've got this big ass curve. We've got all this liquidity. We're spreading across it. Um, what are we going to do with the leftover now? Beethoven's idea was okay. Let's just deploy the leftover. And then Uni's idea is, how about we concentrate the liquidity? Um, so there are kind of two approaches to a similar problem. Um, the Beethoven one is way, 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 way more user-friendly um, and, and approachable for retail and for regular people. So if you're talking about like maintaining the true vision of DeFi, if you're talking about like what are the developments that we as normal people need in order to capitalize on financial opportunities that have historically only been capitalized on on the uber wealthy um beethoven is is building exactly that and right now it may seem really complicated uh but over time people will keep building apps and apps and apps on top of beethoven and giving you more ways to capture um that liquidity so it'll it'll just get easier right now everything on the beethoven site is kind of ground floor um and the ground floor can be a little complicated a little you know risky for newbies who who may make mistakes um but as we start building apps on top of it things like vaults uh or crypts if you're you're a reaper fan um you know that that will just get easier and easier and and soon hopefully you know we'll just have an app we can click one button and suddenly uh we're we're wrapped up in these boosted pools um getting you know some of the best interest you can get period uh yeah. and and when i say best i don't necessarily mean highest because this is like real sustainable interest it's not like you know dgen you know 1 million percent apy or whatever it's it's uh legitness for sure um, read that article, guys. There's a lot of lot of good info, and and I will add like my last point because this this will hit a home for a lot of people. If you're in those Phantom USDC pool, or let's say you're in Phantom MIM, you're like, oh crap, everyone's trading Phantom USDC today. I'm not getting any fees. Damn, I'm gonna move over my LP Phantom USDC. Oh crap, something's happening in Frog Nation. Everyone's using Phantom Mim. <laughs> I gotta, you know what I mean. You don't have to worry about that. Everything's gonna be one big fat stable pool, probably less volatility. It's 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 better for Phantom in in the long run. So, okay. Yeah. All right, let's move on. So along those same lines, it's gonna be hard to follow that up, but so I have to talk about Spirit Swallow V two um, for two reasons. One reason is I've been crawling through the article. Uh, that's going to come out with with Nick Phantom Dgen, and I've had the ability to test uh, their alpha. I've been digging through it, trying to break it. And here's what I want to say about Spirit Swap V2. My feeling 
and again, they always they have to execute correctly, right, for this to come to fruition. But they have taken the best pieces of tech, any tech you can think of that you like, right, in any decks, the weighted pools, the stable swaps, uh, the index funds, all of it. And they've put it under one roof. Uh, and they've basically taken the best tech on the market and put it under a single hood. And I'm really freaking excited for it. And it's not just like the stable swaps or uh, the weighted pools, boosted pools, granted, are not in there, um, but more innovations like inbuilt bribing and uh, uh, farming as a service and the ability to create your own pools and incentivize your own pools and like all sorts of really, really cool stuff and higher payouts for in spirit holders. So I think if spirit swap can ship and execute well uh what they have built we're we're all in for a treat and we're probably going to see a lot of people that just wrote off spirit because i know a lot of people did uh circling back because there's some really really big shit happening right. double strip you've outside tested of the, outside of the functionality of, like in the contracts the ui is also just really fast now light years so, better I think, it's, I think it's like I mean, I haven't used it extensively, but it seems as fast or faster than all the other sites I've seen. Yeah, and their their homepage, every single, so like every single step on their homepage has multi-slides for the new people. Do you want to learn how to provide liquidity? Click here. Do you want to learn how to farm? Click here. Do you want to learn how to read your portfolio? Click here. It's really, really cool. Like, I understand, you know, they've been working on this for granted a long time. And I can't even imagine like the conversation that went on however many months ago when they said, oh shit, we need to rewrite this from scratch. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a, a big, oh shit moment, but they're close. It's close to coming out. Yeah. The, um, I thought it was funny that the, um, the images take longer to load than like the tokens do. Like all yeah. the RPC stuff was faster than just loading images off of a CDN sometimes. Yeah. This is going to be, you know, an extremely competitive Dex. And I think what people fail to realize some people, not everyone, is you don't have to be the number one DEX to be a successful DEX, right? Phantom is going to grow exponentially and there's going to be more than enough volume to go around. So anyone that's been betting on Spirit up until this point that may say, ah, oh, the token's at eight cents, I'm kind of unhappy with that. Just hang on because they don't need to capture the whole market to be a success. They don't need to capture yep. the whole market to make in spirit now profitable. And one thing I was hammering them on, and uh, maybe we'll jump to this topic next. I said, dude, you guys have to get FNFTs for in spirit. It's really the only way to get people incentivized again to lock up their tokens. Because I, it, and for me, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but like the VE locking model. I ain't into it anymore. <laughs> like, it's not something I'm willing to do anymore. Uh, but if, you know, there's an FNFT that goes along with this and I can use multiple FNFTs and if I wanted to exit the position at some point, they're small enough that people are willing to pick them up at an OTC discount or on a marketplace, that that now makes it accessible again to me. And it, I think they just wanted to make sure that if that sort of thing came out, that it's not going to create disparity between people who already have them locked in the sort of older method versus locking stuff up in an FNFT. But I see, I mean, like what Revest and uh, myself and some other people are doing, like all of that's applicable to all of these projects. So if people wanted to do that, it's it's the, the technology is there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's super exciting, Austin. Like I, one, of my, one of my least favorite parts about crypto is just the impatience of 
Yeah. Just how the sentiment of everyone of how impatient every, you know, everything is how everyone is. Um, so taking your time to ship something to do it right and make it badass, like I think that's fantastic. So, so you know, that's that's a mega bullish on that. That's great. That made me laugh because when when Austin was like and they decided in the fall, and if people aren't happy by now, I was like, just so everybody knows, that is an extremely aggressive development timeline to like decide you're going to do something a few months ago and like rewrite everything by now. Um, yeah. so mm-hmm. like, I, like I look at that completely, I mean, and granted it hasn't come out yet and, or any, and, you know, for public consumption, but like, that is an impressive development timeline. It's not a, it's not that they haven't been, been doing anything. And I think that's the other thing that in crypto people are very impatient. And I would almost say that if you're like waiting a month for something to happen, like you're not day trading, but you're basically day trading. Because it doesn't like things take longer than a month to like come to fruition, and yeah. you have an idea that needs to like go through a whole process before you even get to development, and then uh, you know it's just a very long process usually. So it's if you're expecting people to like develop a product that's innovative, you should give them some time to do that. Yep. Uh, and I also I know that they've been giving development updates and stuff too, so it's not like Spirit's been totally silent on it. But I think people will be impressed with, with what they. Well, and this is where like that you got to have vision thing comes in like Beavis will remember like when, when Phantom was, you were around when Phantom was at a penny, right? JB. Yeah. Yeah. How many people actually in their heart, in their nuts believed we were going to a dollar? Nobody, nobody. I I mean, yeah, not even I did. People pushed the narrative, but like, honestly, honestly, none of us thought we were going to hit a dollar. Like we thought there's no chance, dude. I remember counting the one sat moves going, Oh, if it moves one sat, I make 1500 bucks. It's freaking awesome. You know? <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and, and, and now we get, you know, hundreds and hundreds of sats in a 15 minute candle. So like, but that's a vision I never could have seen. And thank God, big shout out to Roosh. Cause he was the guy that kept me in. He was the guy that was doing the, you know, always sunny in Philadelphia dot connecting shit in the king's telegram telling me hold on dude this is what's going on and most of that didn't come to pass but it was enough to keep me here um and it changed my life and so what i'm what i'm really driving at is don't put a ceiling on what you think is possible the the you know i don't know how much we have trading on the network in a day maybe there's like a billion dollars in trading volume in a day or something like that it's not what it's going to be a year from now it's not what's going to be two years from now we're not late Everyone, but again, everyone that bought Bitcoin at fifteen or twenty thousand dollars were like, "Shit, I was so late to the party. I'll never make that money back." You know what I mean? And they just couldn't, they couldn't envision it going further. We haven't even scratched the surface. That I've come to realize now. Yeah. So, yeah, I right. mean, now now that there's an economy on here, the sky's the limit. You know, it's like, right. uh, and you know, kind of speaking to Spirit Swap, like Phantom has the tech. Like if you if you are in DeFi and you don't come um with kind of the latest uh technologies on phantom then you're really not going to make it um and i know uh he on spirit swap uh has the vision so um i'm hoping they can uh they can find their place in the market um i think they've you know been put through the ringer maybe by uh some of the events of the past you know three four five months but um you know those guys they work hard and they kind of deserve uh, a spot in the limelight. Um, and it'd be nice to have like another really efficient exchange, uh, to Arbon and to LP on. Um, yeah. and you know, it's cool. 
Let's go. Let's go. They have gotten the shit out of the stick. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. Like they, they have, they have been put through the ringer. Um, yeah. I think, with, I like, think the VE Dow stuff and like yeah. the way that they got, they did, they did literally nothing in the midst yeah. of that. It was like fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Anyhow. All right. Sorry. To it, it wasn't a big deal. Look like that's, that's shitty and stuff, but like, damn, are they looking at it now? Like who cares? You know, that, that sort of stuff kind of all passed. Exactly. So. None of it matters now. They've been they've been full steam ahead. All right. Talk about these FNFTs for a second. How can these be utilized in liquid staking while I run and, and uh, stake some liquid? I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm assuming, I think this one's sort of for me, um, the, the overall topic is sort of liquid staking, which there's a bunch of stuff coming out with Stater and Anchor and um, and uh, uh, there's some uh, others that I'm forgetting now, but um, the Beefy. I've been working on a solution that I think I've talked about since last summer that I actually finally started uh, working on again. And it's mostly done, just getting tested. But um, it lets you mint an NFT and then use the token ID to create an address, and then you can use that address for staking and then minting mint a liquid token out of that NFT um, based on the underlying collateral that you've staked. And then, so that means that both sides of it are now swappable and you could uh, trade the, the staked asset, you can trade the synthetic asset. Um, and then at some point, the NFTs unlock from the underlying stake. And then at that point, they could be converted back into native FTM. So you'd have a marketplace, uh, like a secondary marketplace for unlocked NFTs that represent some amount of um, staked collateral. And then those can become liquidity for swapping the, the synthetic asset back to the native asset. So there's some other cool stuff you can do with sort of automating it and auto compounding or like restaking your rewards and um, all sorts of stuff. But I, in general, I think it's kind of cool because you can, it, it makes all sides of it liquid and it's not, nothing's actually tied to a wallet address anymore. It's all tied to either an NFT um, or, or this like synthetic asset that can be swapped around. So double sharp, I was going to ask, like for, for those not familiar with sort of angry liquid staking or, or what stager is doing, like how, how is this different? How is you know both sides being liquid, not being tied to a wallet address? How is it different than what is currently happening with you know the, the aforementioned protocols that are working so, on liquid staking right now? I haven't seen um, <laughs> I haven't like I've looked through some of the contracts, but not all the the code. So I'm not like 100% familiar with it. Oh, Beefy is the other one that's doing some similar yep. stuff. But yep. I'm pretty sure that what most of them are doing is they're, they are actually doing the staking themselves. So you, you, you're you sort of purchasing a token and giving them something for that token. And then they take back those funds and they delegate it to yep. one or more validators. Uh, Beefy has their own validators. So part of it actually goes to their self-stake. Um, in the case of Beefy, like you can't choose to unwind it. That, they, like I think Gusto was mentioning, there can be a DAO vote to get the FT, underlying FTM back. Um, with Stater and Anchor, I'm not exactly sure how how that gets converted back to native FTM, but you're still sort of abstracting the actual staking through them. Um, mm-hmm. The the code that I wrote, you're still staking it yourself. You're just doing it through an NFT. So you still, if you staked however much. Uh, FTM for whatever period of time, all of those rewards would go to the NFT that you staked and ultimately your wallet. Unless six months into a year stake, you sell that NFT to somebody else. Now the rewards would go to whoever owned that NFT. 
but instead of it being one big collective pool of rewards, you can um, you can stake your whatever you would have staked before through an NFT, so that the, the rewards are still coming to you directly. Right. Um, sort of the longer term plan is that then you can come up with more creative strategies for staking, so that you don't have to have all of it locked for a year. You could have some of it locked for six months, some of it locked for a year, some of it a month. You know have 100 FTM, but put 10 of it onto 10 different validators. Um, so the sort of core functionality is, is just abstracting the, the delegated stakes. And then from there, I can get more creative with um, how to maximize the, the rewards and stuff. Did you guys jump ahead on topics? No, because <laughs> no, no, no. yeah. somebody said, uh, well, we didn't talk about possible XLQDR migrating. So uh, the currently locked LQDR in XLQDR that was not locked as an FNFT cannot be unlocked and put in an FNFT. That's not how it works. But moving forward, if you want to lock new LQDR, you can lock that in an FNFT, multiple FNFTs if you want to sell them in stages later, however you want to do it. It gives you a lot of flexibility. And that's that's like actually, I was talking about the, the, um, the liquid, liquid staking NFTs that I'm working on. And it's the same sort of thing. So if you've already staked uh, Phantom to a validator through your wallet address, if you unlocked it, you'd be penalized and you can't like move it to an NFT. But if you were to stake in the future, then you could do it through an NFT so that you're not strictly tied to that position without giving up the... the um, or, and I guess one of the like sort of key efficiencies that I was originally looking at is the penalties for unlocking. So if you do decide that you wanted to unlock six months into a year stake, you don't just lose all of your bonus rewards, you lose half of the base rate rewards also. And those just sort of disappear and don't don't go anywhere. They're never minted. So with this solution and six months in, you could say I actually need the the Phantom back. And even if you sold it at a discount to somebody else, so they keep getting the the year rewards on what's effectively for them a six month stake, then there's a lot of uh, cushion to play with because there's a bunch of rewards that would just get lost normally. So you might be willing to sell it for less than the staked phantom because you were able to keep all the rewards that were, were gained from the emission. So you can also like, like I mentioned earlier, like split it up between, and you know, same thing with liquid driver, you can split up your position into multiple NFTs so that if you, if you have like a thousand phantom that you're putting in, you can do a hundred here, a hundred there, hundred, whatever, even if it's the same validator so that it makes it easier to sort of uh, transact with it later if you wanted to, or, or get out of your position, you could still unlock it and take the penalty if you wanted to, but um, it overall is just a lot more flexible. Nice. Yeah. So, Bailey. So it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say individualized, customizable, transferable, delegator choice in terms of where you actually land with which delegator. I'm just doing a, a key summary of benefits here that, that I'm hearing. From, yeah. From you. Yeah. And I mean, That's the awesome. other thing that uh, the other idea that I've sort of, in, I've, I've implemented, but I'm not totally happy with how it works yet is I wanted to add some bribes so that um, because the validators are getting commissions based on the delegated stakes, I set it up so that validators can bribe for delegators uh, to stake to their validators so that they get the, the fees. That would be cool. That. Yeah, because uh, people are doing incentives now, but there's no official way of doing it. They're just firing it off. Yeah, yeah that would be then, dope as shit. And then I yeah. might take, I might, because people have pointed out that, that that might lead to some of the richest validators being able to 
top purchase heavy. more delegators, which I have thought about. I have some ideas too about taking uh, some fees and like figuring out a way to incentivize smaller validators or or give discounts for spreading your your stake out to multiple. Um, Spread of, your stake. Good, good <laughs> like Johnny Appleseed, man, just throw it all liquid. out there. Spreading your stake, all staking, driving them. Whoa, guys, this is a weird. I wanted to uh, chat about Nally's, uh, Nally Nally. Sorry, I'm probably saying it wrong. Comment over here. So the FNFT is not worth less than the underlying assets, obviously, because it contains the underlying assets. However, to incentivize people to want to buy your FNFT that is locked, as opposed to purchasing on market, which they can do, you're probably going to have to sell it under market price and when so when i said sell at a discount that's really what i meant by that and also maybe not because there's also the opportunity cost of like they don't have to wait for the like if if your option is locking for four years or buying one off of a marketplace that's locked for one year that one year lock Mm. has opportunity costs or the the four-year lock has you're like losing three years of time but in the ve model though it means it's depreciate it's deprecating or whatever the hell you call it right so it wouldn't would really matter with with the liquid staking phantom nfts um i think a lot of the time uh i mean there is a premium there is a premium involved the problem is uh they're locked so you've got the premium of the maturity of the position and again this is like you know, waiting six months for 14% versus waiting, uh, you know, 12 months for that 14%. So um, it's like, you know, there there's one kind of avenue of, of value acquisition. And then there's like, also the, this is not liquid. Um, you're not going to have access to these, these assets for a while, which uh, is going to, I mean, people are going to decide what that risk is worth. Um, like, okay, I'm not going to be able to, to unload this. This isn't like, truly truly liquid like it'll depend on what people it's like buying a a, a future on phantom you know it's like an yeah, interest bearing like future and i think like there are going to be two camps with the liquid staking there's going to be the erc20 camp and then there's going to be the nft camp um and there's there's use cases for both because every single position in the phantom staking contract is unique um and i think it's like it's a really cool system ahead of its time definitely um and and now people are just trying to figure all this stuff out um i had like a meeting with stater and i'm like super crazy impressed by their erc20 solution um and i'm hoping double sharp can deliver on the nft end um and that'll give users like basically whatever they need um and you know the erc20 uh is a really really difficult use case because all of these positions are unique that people are entering but um it is. Uh, it, it's pretty cool uh, how everybody's kind of handling um, the liquid staking on Phantom because it is different. Phantom is really unique, um, and they have like you know some powerful uh, technology. The the other thing that I would mention, I think I mentioned this last week, but for a lot of this stuff, it is like we're sort of speculating on how things will be valued. But part of the idea is that same with all these other tokens, like you might feel they're worth $10 and then you, the market decides they're worth $1. Like that's the idea with this is that they can, they can be traded. So there will be a marketplace and the market will decide how much the FNFTs are worth based on the underlying assets and how long they're staked for and general market conditions. With a lot of this stuff, that is the other thing 
other way of looking at it is it, it's so, it is sort of like buying a future that is reward bearing. So if you think something's going to be worth more in the future, you might as well buy it for for you know a lower price now. So if the marketplace uh, once the marketplaces are, are sort of in full swing, I think you'll see market the market deciding how much all the stuff is worth. Yeah, and let's go. Let's let's like stop and celebrate. Um, you know, moving forward, right? Oh, we're I wish moving I off of Fetty or something. We're, so <laughs> <laughs> we're moving off of a VE model where you're locked for however many years and there's nothing you can do about it to a model where you have an FNFT that you actually can be liquid on and get out if you need to. So like, you know, I think a lot of times we get lost in, oh, this isn't the perfect scenario and, and we don't even know how it's going to play out yet. But like, let's just stop and celebrate the advancement that we're making yeah. on Phantom with these protocols by great developers. Like, it's just... That's that's it, really. That's we got some yeah. cool shit going on around here. Yeah, we do, man. We, and, we have some cool shit, we have and that's cool that's the success of Phantom lies within those minds. You know, in my opinion, like yeah. as long as the advancements are happening on chain, we're always going to be desirable. We're always going to be the place to go. Like, and yes, yes, that's yeah. all I wanted to say. All right, let's keep this going. This isn't happening in most places. Like, what's happening on Phantom is unique. So. Well, Keep Can I mind. ask you this though? Like, what's happening on Luna? I don't go to Luna. Never been to Luna. Don't, don't really know how to get there. But since the next one is about UST, I want to talk about this. So, uh, so I had a call the other day with uh, the team from Jump Crypto, uh, who is the the big boys that own Wormhole. And if you guys remember Wormhole, they were the bridge from ETH to Solana who had the uh, the exploit happen and like 130,000 Ethereum went out and Jump came in and filled it back up. These are not yep. small small guys, right? Wormhole has recently deployed over to uh, Phantom. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, a video with me and Mike and Simone and and I think a couple of guys from, from, the, uh, from the Jump Crypto team in a couple of weeks anyhow, but they're bringing UST over. Now, UST is getting a lot of press right now because Do Kwan's out there chucking $125 million at a time buying up BTC for uh, this stabilizer, uh, right? That, the that reserves, basically, yeah. Right. And the way that this reserve worked that I just learned this morning was if UST goes under peg, people can buy BTC at a discount with the UST, if I'm not mistaken, like if, if UST is at 98 cents, you can buy a dollar worth of BTC for your 98 cent UST and raise that peg back up, which is freaking badass uh, because that is like a pretty cool system to keep a peg. That's an instant incentive. It's not like a bond system where you might mm. get out of it. It's like, here's your Bitcoin. You want Bitcoin at a discount? Go buy it. Like it's an instant. You know what I yeah. mean? I've never heard of anything like that. And it makes complete sense. And that's why they're buying a shit ton of Bitcoin off the market. Yeah. So, I mean, they're collateralizing uh, UST, which is its biggest problem. Um, and I try to like boil down a lot of the um, things that are coming into play. I, I like wrote a thread um, late last night uh, because, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people understanding, misunderstanding the UST situation. And you need to remember UST is... You know, it's technically a stable coin, but it's not collateralized yeah. um, by traditional assets. It's collateralized by social capital. It's collateralized by, you know, wishes. 
Uh, and you know, to to to, to mint it, you need to um, you know offload some other assets. So there there are a lot of like tricky aspects uh, in play, but the main issue is it's not collateralized, so it it will behave like any other token. Um, and you're talking about all of the UST that's wound up in Anchor right now, and all the money they're spending keeping the yield high. Um, that will eventually need to unwind. And right now, I think UST identified, okay, maintaining these high APRs are is really expensive. But if we start working on building a reserve to actually back up UST using all this capital we have, um, then suddenly it becomes not a problem anymore. Um, and, and I think that's like they are shifting their monetary policy, which I think is like them. I mean, th this is a huge move that they're doing. Like they, they are really serious about UST being around forever or indefinitely. Um, and, you know, you can talk about, you know, sovereign wealth funds or whatever, trying to make them, you know, fork over all their uh, BTC fund or, or try to like attack UST. But I mean, at this point, like, even the doomsday scenarios are over time seeming less and less severe. Um, and I think that's like, you know, they're making excellent policy moves. Um, they are in like a really difficult spot, but they have the capital. Um, they have the knowledge. They have the skills. Um, so I'd be interested to see how it plays out. Um, and that's like, you know, understanding how yield works and Terra's situation uh, with, you know, leveraged holders and, and all of that um, is really important. So definitely uh, I would read my thread. I would maybe look at Monet Supply on Twitter. Um, he's kind of a USD mini. He really hates our UST mini. He really hates UST, but he's also very smart. Um, and then, you know, there are plenty of people who, who will tell you the, the good parts of, of UST. So um, I would get educated about what's going on if you're watching this, like this is probably one of the more serious narratives in crypto and DeFi right now. Uh, I would really, really understand the monetary policy that's going into UST and why it is so risk uh, on. And like, you know, the long tail risk involved with uh, uncollateralized stable coins like this um, is tough. So, yeah, it is, you know, for now, um, utilizes a lot of Ponzi-nomics but they're trying to shift gears and they're shifting gears in a really, really massive, impactful way um, that will help all of us. So, you know, I'm totally supporting them. If they buy all this Bitcoin, then, um, you know, it's good. Uh, it's it's good for us. Uh, it'll have, you know, huge impact on the rest of the market um, and hopefully allow them to, to kind of um, maintain some serious stability. And, and um, you know, those jump guys are no joke. Uh, and you know they're driving all this liquid through the wormhole, um, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, they're they're serious guys and they're smart guys. Yeah, and, yeah, they're know, no shit. Yeah, Yo, but, you, you don't underestimate them for sure. So, Beavis, I think those are all amazing points. Like uh, in terms of like Phantom itself, right? Like look at look at what Luna's done, right? Twenty nine point nine billion. It's the, the second largest chain behind Ethereum. There's yeah. a massive amount of money there. You know what else there is? A community that is as diehard about their ecosystem as we are. 
And yeah. so, you know, when you start opening the doors to those sort of communities to come in and be on part of Phantom, that, that to me yeah. is mega bullish. And so one, one thing I do want to say, like, just for like use case, just so people know, there's actually three types of UST on Phantom. And so there's, there was the original multi-chain bridge UST that came yeah. over, shuttle liquidity. So that's what it's sort of being called. And, and that will eventually be deprecated and go away. So if you have that form, you may want to you know, think about maybe switching out for something else. Uh, and then there's Axelar UST. So that's another bridge that you can use to, to get your UST to Phantom and then Wormhole. Um, and it seems like the Luna team are really backing Wormhole as their end-all be-all for cross-chain liquidity management and movement. So yeah. just good to know that when you're thinking about moving USD, there's multiple ways to do it. Um, and by the way, we're starting to see LPs pop up on Spirit Swap, LPs pop up on Beethoven. Beethoven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a there's a I think there's an LP on Beethoven that has both the Axelar and Wormhole UST combined. So you'd have to do both. But anyway, just interesting things that are going on. Um, so I want to. I would, I would be really interested to see what. Luna Wells going cross chain to all of these markets. Uh, Terra Labs is bootstrapping what they are doing in those markets. Um, because, you know, if we're seeing all the Luna Wells coming cross chain just to hedge against UST um, and preserve some of that capital they've built up, um, that would maybe be a bit alarming. Um, so I'm excited to see people dissect all of that. I don't have the time to really be a, a UST hater. I think they do so much for crypto. You know, it's like whether or not you agree with, with their growth strategy is uh, kind of a wash because they're, they're making impact and, and they're, they seem really determined to, to ensure it's not negative. So keep an eye on those UST markets, see what people are doing with UST. If you're staking UST and you are, you know, winding up in USDC, or die, um, that tells you, you know, maybe the big balance sheets aren't as bullish as, as they may seem. So if you're a UST enjoyer or a Terra enjoyer, definitely keep an eye on that. I know I'm uh, going to be waiting for, for the write-ups as the chain analysts, chain al- chain analysts get going. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, it, it, yeah. Be, just, you know. I have Do a quick read. question for you guys. So this, this Michael Kennedy, I've been waiting to throw this up there. It's backed by Luna requiring Luna to be burned to make. So I understand that mm-hmm. part. So you got to take your Luna, burn it, and you get UST in return. But what about that process incentivizes anyone to bring it back up to peg? Yeah. Like you can't tell the art bots, but I burnt Luna to make this. So you should definitely want to buy it for a dollar, right? Am I incorrect there? Or it's like, it's, it's like an, an OTC machine, except instead of giving you like premium collateral, it's giving you, uh, you know, a token that it minted. So it's like, it's, it's like, uh, (laughs) it's, it's a feedback loop. And again, you know, read my thread from last night. It's kind of subtly about Luna, like these feedback loops, eventually something has to give. And, you know, the, the, Community, like it's easy to be a diehard, you know, signerage fan while the token has peg. But um, I think kind of what what will make or break it is is what happens. Uh, I mean, after. it's been tested, guys. Like, let's not act like there hasn't been crazy, crazy cascading sales on Luna and UC continues to hold. I completely agree with you. You're not you. 
we're not the first to say to talk about the Ponzi nomics. We're not the first to talk about the shaky collateral. But look, there's people making there's no like collateral. Ten, yeah, eight figure bets on this. Well, they're starting to be. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, like pretty significant I, I amounts. I wouldn't worry about us on the Phantom side, uh, like causing too much of a destable to the to the Luna and USD peg. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that, but I think it's great that we're getting more yield. Um, let's be honest. I've been sitting <laughs> outside, you know, like on the fence. Kids are playing at the park. UST, uh, you know, LPers are just earning quite a bit. Yes, it is a Ponzi, and yes, I can see what you you're talking the collateral, everything, but. Bringing that on to Phantom and at least exposing people to what they want with within the ecosystem of Phantom is great. Yeah. You can Yo, choose what you want to get into. Who, who's <laughs> that, that, are you like I, sitting at the park looking yeah, at the kids? Yeah, I'm just watching. I'm like, do you farm or some shit? Yeah, I'm like, dang, these guys are just making so much money. Where's the exposure? Where's the exposure? Yeah. Dude, Gosh, darn it. Beavis, uh, Beavis, I'm picturing you at like one in the morning writing these threads and you go, you call Goober and you go, Oh my god, um, I'm threading. <laughs> I was I was right, just go. on the toilet. I was just on the toilet. Every time you see it, me posting, I'm on the toilet. That's, can we uh, can we I'm talk about Bernard Schultz for a second? Oh, dude, Somebody yes. let's can we talk about who he is uh, and why this is uh, such a cool, cool, cool thing? He's been researching cool, the FDM at Sydney uh, for years, and but he's more than that, right? He's way. Yeah. He's I mean, he's he's way more than that. Fathers. Yeah, I mean, he's he's made some really significant, um, like uh, automated um, analysis tooling uh, for like Java. I think he had something to do with the Scala compiler, if I remember correctly. Uh, maybe even like help design it or write it. Um, maybe Double Sharp can speak uh, a little more to it. Um, I mean, yeah, I he's, he's know, a serious guy. I don't know a ton about his background. He is sort of like a computer science OG, distributed networking, virtual machines, sort of the the kind of person who you would want to work on your virtual machine. So okay. I think it's I, yeah. I, he's I watched like, Andre's clip on him, and and I was just literally just bowing. He he's one of the the I guess big virtual machine guys. Uh, apparently, Andre's quoted him as one of the forefathers of of programming. So, um, yeah. I I look at this as as a huge <clears throat> plus because, uh, like, he he critiqued the fat uh, the Ethereum virtual machine. He's like, this is done by somebody who's never made a virtual machine before. Like he feels like there's so many things that can be improved and having somebody, even if he's not directly coding everything, if he's just overseeing the FBM and he's it's not bullish. Yeah. I can, okay. like, he's probably, yeah. I can almost guarantee you he's not the one like sitting down and like, yeah, grinding he's out definitely like he's, he's architecting the system for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, or even or even being higher level than that and just guiding the research and the architects. But that's like probably the most bullish news, like for real, that I've seen on Phantom yet. And like someone like that actually joining the team and I'm sure they're paying him out the ass. But when you're a guy like that, like money is not your primary motivator. And if he's willing to join the team, then that tells us that there is something really, really serious going on with FVM. And, you know, there are a lot of. um less than exciting developments happening in the world of EVM and in the world of like, um, you know, execution layers, like, you know, Solana is cool and all, but, um, you know, stuff happens 
that is not that great. Uh, and like you talk about trusted computing, and right now I would say like the EVM is one of the most trusted execution spaces in the entire world. Uh, and like bringing a mind like that to it um, is and, and applying his knowledge and, and applying his kind of understanding um, will be massive. So it's it's really awesome for just ethereum in general it's it's not even just phantom it's like this is this is a mind that you know will have lasting impact on how smart contracts and DeFi operate um hopefully forever and and him joining the team says that he understands that and he thinks he can really um change the game so um you know i i urge the foundation to uh you know um make sure that they, you know, have like security teams out the ass, uh, you know, making sure this execution layer is, is solid and um, using formal methods and all that uh, to ensure it does everything right. But at the end of the day, like if they can pull this off, uh, it will literally like, this is what we've been waiting for uh, forever. So you heard um, it here first, folks. Bebus just said uh, the execution layer will run on solidly. Uh, just take it, take it to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, put that in the market right now. Pump that bag for Rich. So, a cu couple things. One, <laughs> I, I think we got his first name and his last name wrong, so we'll just we'll start there. But okay. uh, all good. But Schultz. Schultz. Found, Schultz. Who did this so topic? I, I need I need you to step up right I, now. I think it's my fault. Uh, <laughs> but, but, so I found I found something interesting. So I went on to like Earhart. I found the guy on scholar.google.com, right? So like what like what has he released? All you know, what what's his deal? It took me Dude, I don't what's know, he how, I got, how I got down this rabbit hole. But the dude's been cited since 2017, 2,536 times in some type of scholarly scholarly article. Uh, yeah. surviving yeah. out of gas conditions in Ethereum smart contracts, minimizing uh, semantic drift with mutual execu uh, exclusion bootstrapping, uh, on synthesis of program analyzers. Register allocations of irregular architectures on fast, large-scale program analysis and data log. Like fuck, fuck, if I know, but like, that's a that's a good sign. That's a good. Just sign. That's how it sounds. I've been referenced. I only yeah, have like twenty-two hundred references, like, so that's pretty impressive that he's got that. Um, many. That's that's all. Dude, I, need to know I actually about the guy. think I misspelled his name. My apologies, Bernard. Damn it. I, we're not, I think I, it is S S C H O L Z. There. It, it's it's it always just looking. It's misspelled all over the place. Depending. Oh on. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't him. believe me. Foundation. Did. I think it was, I think it was me. me. I think it was me. Shout well, out to him. I wonder. Happy to have you. I wonder if he's okay getting public, man. I'd love to rap with this guy. See if I can get him on the chat. Maybe him and Kong. Big brain that'll burn. Be freaking, that'll be rad. Hey, let's move on real quick because EIP fifteen fifty nine is coming to Phantom. It is integrated with the SnapSync. Upgrade. So when the nudes upgrade for SnapSync, EIP fifteen fifty nine is within there. Is can somebody? Can really? Somebody give, yes. Yes. Okay. Can somebody uh, give us a TLDR on what that means to regular humans? Means money in the bank. <laughs> what does it actually mean, though? Like, how it's, did it? How? Go ahead. It's a change to the uh, the way that gas auctions work on Ethereum. Did it? So instead of there being the the auction system that we talked about before there's a, a base gas fee to be included in the next block that gas is burned it's not sent to the validator um, if you want to be prioritized you can tip the the validator i'm assuming this works the same as ethereum i assume um, it does, you would yeah. 
you would tip the validator so you can still pay more to get your transaction included uh, faster, but um, you're not paying more fees that all go to the validator. So um, it does also result in the token being deflationary because you're, uh, or possibly deflationary kind of depends on- At some point. Emission. At some point it will be for the immediate uh, time. It kind of depends on like our staking rewards outpacing um, the the transaction fees, which they, they probably are. So at some point it does become deflationary because you're um, burning the, the gas fees. So, so okay, so some some burning is going on. A different mechanism for uh, for getting your shit in the next block. Will it help the crazy uh, spikes in Gwei that we see? Like, I mean, because a lot of those are attributable to bots, right? Like, there's a lot of bots. You know, there. yes, but also there are just <laughs> some crazy people out there. It turns out, like I've been I've been like looking <laughs> jigs at some. Of these transactions, like some people, somebody paid like three hundred thousand guay in gas on a transfer and spent like twenty dollars sending a phantom or something like that. Well, so, that might have been a fat finger. I mean, it could have yeah. been, but I was looking through it. There's like it's it's just like I don't know if it's what I don't if know validators what validators trying to mess up gas accidents. estimation. <gasps> Stop it! Validators trying to mess up gas estimation so they get more fees. Don't start conspiracy <laughs> theories unless they're about solid money. Okay, that's but I do, I do, like, <laughs> that is the thing that this this is the thing that that like kind of does help fix that because uh, the gas fees aren't necessarily going straight to the validators. I don't know, like so they also will. If this is included with SnapSync, it's probably not going to be turned on right away because you have to have everybody running the, the new version, especially well, exclusively the validators have to be running the version or, or just wouldn't work. So once they all upgrade, I'm assuming they'll be able to turn it on, but um, I don't know when that would be either. It's, I don't it's either. still TBD, I think. Like, nope. I, I, thought, I, I feel like there's a common misconception that the IP1559 was some type of burning of Ethereum, and maybe that's just me. I think Coinbase did burn a bunch of Ethereum with the adoption of it, but like, is there <clears throat> is it only related to gas fees? No, it burns. Mm -hmm. It burns Ethereum. Yeah, the base yeah. fee is okay. being burnt. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. The, 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 base the gas is Ethereum. Every transaction, so the, the base fees get burned. Yeah, yeah. It be burning, baby. It's like that dog with the fire around him that's always memed. That's what. That's <laughs> fire. That's what it's burning. Oh. Did we, hey, did we already talk about um, the next topic is about stator liquid staking and anchor urn, but we kind of already like hashed we, we that. Did, we yeah, did. We did. Is like there more? Account. Do we want to talk about that? Beavis loves stator. Can, can uh, I just my, tell you? He's a stator fanboy now. It's my, true. The reason it's I true. threw that on there was that I was I was curious to you guys' thoughts. That, is this a zero-sum game? Is there a winner and loser in the liquid staking world? Or is this just net bullish for Phantom? <laughs> Because we're being decentralized, <laughs> we got you know like the the goal you know the goal is is decentralized. Well, there's lots of goals, but one of them is decentralization. Mm -hmm. You know, across Phantom and driving that uh, forward. So, is this a, a zero sum game or no? Well, Anchor has their they have their curve pool set up already for their uh, their IB token and and Phantom right, and it's it's at one to one. I don't know what they seeded it with a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. Maybe it was more. I don't know. Yeah. Stater, what Stater is bringing, and what I like so much about them, not only do they have a massive POC already over on Luna, but they're bringing yield upon yield upon yield. They're catering like up until this point, it's been I'm two G Gen to stake my phantom for 10% per year. I refuse to miss that yield. <laughs> now it's like, do it. 
and get a bunch of yield. And then when you're ready to get out of that position, just go get out of it and jump into the yield firm that's going to steal it from you. Like that's, you can do that, you know, <laughs> or, or, or the next solidly fork or whatever the hell it is, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It, there, there is, there, there are so many like parameters at play with uh, phantoms like staking module that uh, there will be clear winners and losers. And it, it is like about, what you are coming to the table with in terms of tech and in terms of UX. Um, now, you know, you can always just mint shit coins to incentivize it. Um, and, you know, there could be temporary winners because of that. But uh, at the end of the day, like, it depends on what kind of algorithms you've, you've written, how you're capitalizing on all the lock unlock mechanisms, how you're capitalizing on, um, you know, all of the yield that's available and how can you ensure that enough of that gets to the finish line uh, to the 12 month mark that it keeps your yield pretty high. Um, and I'm not sure in anchor, are you just permanently locked um, or are you locked long term? You can unstake. I th I'm pretty sure you can unstake with a seven day uh, unstaking okay. or you can just go liquidate on market. Yeah. I'd be interested to see, uh, who has the more efficient uh, software, Stator or Anchor? My um, biggest concern is the beefy FTM. Like, there's no, it's just not, there's. It's no, a faster solution. You, and then go back to beefy and unstake it. Did it freeze? The reason, like, their solution is the easiest to do. Like, they just, they're just using the staking to get TVL to do the same thing that they do with all their other tokens. So they're not, they're just, yeah. right. it's not really, um, it's a li it is a little bit different. I think. Well, there's no way to unstake because 15% of whatever you stake with them goes to the self stake to ensure they never reach well, their cap. None of this, when you stake, that's, that was what I was saying earlier. So that's the difference between uh, the NFTs that I made versus using something like, I think in any of the state or anchor or beefy is that the NFTs, it's still yours. Like you make the stake and you still own it and you, you can control it through the NFT. If you stake through beefy, you're not, it's not your stake. Like you're giving them the funds and then they're staking it on your behalf. They still technically control all of it. So yeah. one could argue that that's also maybe not like super decentralized because I don't know how they're handling voting power and things like that. If they, ever go that route, which is a whole other thing to consider um, yeah. is, is there is like voting that gets associated with some of these stakes. And so how does that work? Like does beefy, cause like the validators get a voting stake, right? So beefy's getting one fifteenth of everything you get, give them put into their self stake, which gives them more and more voting power over proposals and things like that, which is yeah. probably why some of them want to do it that way. Cause I've thought about that. That's, that's smart. I mean, in, in, in conversation with the anchor guys, they said that, they do. They are going to be distributing distributing evenly amongst validators of all size. Those were one of the promises of, of mm -hmm. distribution and decentralization. Yeah. Staters do um, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, but so, I, I mean, I think, not, not decentralization in in that sense, but also just their <clears throat> like they have their own like they are also uh, benefiting. They own the validator, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, is, I think which is totally fine. Like it's 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 just, but there, there's like 
the more I've looked into how all of the staking works, there's lots of different places where you can optimize it. There's like the valid, there's the self-stake validator side of things. There's the delegated stakes. There's, you know, trying to maximize the rewards you get by staking for a long time, but doing it in a way so that you're not going to unlock and lose those rewards. Uh, and that's sort of like figuring out liquid versus illiquid um, staking stuff. And then, you know, it just goes on from there because you can start looking at like, I didn't know about the seven day unbonding, or I know about seven day unbonding for the actual SFC that that's the native staking, but like Anchor could, instead of making you wait seven days offer to let you, let you uh, immediately withdraw and charge you a fee. And then they know that they're going to get that FTM seven days from now. Uh, so you can use floats to start doing creative stuff, which huh. I might be doing some of this stuff, which is why I thought about it, but Ooh, it's, nice. um, yeah, like it's, it's like different approaches to all of it, but it's uh, it really comes down to the fact that the SFC is a contract and you can interact with it using whatever program contracts you want to do. So you can get really creative with some of it in terms of like who controls it, uh, where the voting power is going, where the emissions are going. Are you spreading the emissions around to everyone who holds this ERC-20 token or they like in my system, it's not like a big pool. Like it just goes to the NFT and whoever staked it still gets the rewards the token is like a separate uh, thing from that. So lots of different ways to, to do it. I think, I do think that ultimately there probably will be winners and losers. Cause I think there will be some systems that are better than others and more people will end up using them for that reason. But in terms of the short term, it's overall good for phantom because it's uh, more people interested in staking more people like getting, getting towards the end of reward emissions and, uh, moving the network forward. So like it is good in the, the short term, medium term, probably long term, even though probably not everyone's going to be as successful as everybody else. Let's go. So hey, it is yeah. zero sum game and, and theme of the day is spread your stake. Beavis, can, can we give the people something about Reliquary for God's sakes? I mean, Please. you know, uh, we're doing production testing. The front end is, you know, getting there. It's the best thing to hit Master Chef since V2. It's the oh, most soon. awesome thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, even, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's awesome. It'll just, uh, you know, we're trying to get developers to use this. So there's like a lot of B2B elements. So we need to be really serious about security and testing and ensure everything works to spec. Um, so we're taking our time. Um, and we're making sure the front end is uh, one of the best front ends uh, to hit DeFi ever. So uh, you know, um, you know, when you're when you're coming to market trying to make an impact and trying to you know create something that will be used and reused by people hopefully indefinitely, um, then you can't mess around. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, we're just doing production testing. Me and the lead engineer are uh, kind of playing Reliquary ping pong uh, on testnet and mainnet right now and um, making sure that, you know, as we mess with our positions and as we add new positions and as we go crazy on it, everything uh, performs how we expect it to. So, um, yeah, it's coming. It's like it's not something to be impatient for. You know, it's like, you know, this isn't like going to make Byte Masons the richest company ever. Um it will hopefully improve DeFi as a whole. Uh, is uh, is is the big uh, one, uh, but yeah, you'll you'll like it. Everybody will like it. It'll be awesome. Um, 
I'm not, you know, I don't share things. People get mad at me because I don't like share insider info. And it's like, bruh, like, <laughs> is that like illegal or something? But um, yeah, you guys are <laughs> only like, on Unchained. It's legal. There's so yeah. many people that like, like uh, the other day, I, I dropped a Twitter post in, in your Discord there, Beavis, just because I was like, shit, I hope some <laughs> people want to go hop on Twitter and read this guy because he's like, He's actually a really nice guy. He's like, I've seen it a hundred thousand times, man. These auto compounders come up and think they're the next urine or something, some shit like that. And I'm like, no, you've never seen anything like this. Actually, it's it's a lot different. And I think that has to do with uh, part of the tight li lipidness, the the tight lips that uh, yeah. are not sinking ships. So let's talk about this real quick uh, before we wrap up the show, because one one token that that I don't know, you know. I'm a huge credit bull. Like I, anything Zam and Sheehan are working on, I love those guys and I will own the token because it's their token. Um, and Singularity is fast approaching or I don't know how fast it's approaching. It might be crawling, but uh, it's on the way. And so can somebody give me the, the 411 on uh, Singularity and like what it is, why it's needed, what's it going to do, how is, is she that in going the to audience? Am I allowed to even give the four one one? I'm sure Are we he allowed is. to give the four one one. Just, Just say you bit. you want to move to Portugal and he'll he'll put something in there. I'm ready to move to Portugal. <laughs> Forgive me, Shein. Uh, I'll I'll try to skate around the the details, but um, it is uh, something that is novel to Phantom. Um, it is something that uh, you know will be really really exciting. Uh, and it's something that will hopefully help CUSD be one of the premier stable coins on Phantom and eventually hopefully DeFi. Um, and we're going to have some proposals uh, coming up soon um, for creditum holders. Uh, we're um, getting more and more serious about CUSD as, as the Byte Masons. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out for our, for our proposals. Uh, we want to uh, really help them take CUSD home. And um, right now, like, you know, we're in, we're in talks with Stater, we're in talks with all these kind of liquid staking uh, firms. We're, we're trying to create um, a risk framework that is replicable and expandable and will allow Creditum to exist and be bountiful in really long time frames. And that's kind of what you need uh, to be a good stablecoin. Um, and, you know, there's like stable coins and then there are like dollar derivatives that are designed solely to collect yield. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're going USD. hard on the stable coin route. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, don't do not count credit them out uh, ever. They're, uh, you know, they're they're focusing a lot on singularity right now. But once everything is, is up and running and they can put their full focus on. Uh, both of them. Um, we're going to go hard. We're going to go ham. And uh, CUS is going to be the first stable coin ever to moon. Just and so just, just <laughs> to be clear, there is a, a positive feedback loop that affects the credit token, though, right? Because yeah. when people mint CUSD, uh, that fee goes. It's used to buy back credit. But there's there's probably more to it than than that, right? Or is that it? Um, yeah, and I, and I mean, like, basically, like, Zam has created, like, Creditum is so beautifully, like, simple in how it's designed, and the way he incentivizes all of the markets is by incentivizing USDC, so USDC itself 
is the interest bearing token. And because he's not, you know, puking out supply and borrow side incentives directly, um, only if you are relatively serious about CUSD uh, are you going to see like the serious yield on it. Um, and it's, it, you know, his plans are really competitive. Uh, and, you know, as things kind of unfold, you're going to see kind of the long-term mindset uh, come to the forefront. And that is like how you kind of win these stablecoin games because any, you know, playing, playing, in, issuing a stablecoin that has like a ton of long tail risk behind it where you don't think really hard about the counterparty risk and kind of the risks to your protocol. Like I see a lot of stablecoin protocols where literally like they are taking on such an insane amount of risk, like the protocol itself, which translates to like their token holders and even their stablecoin holders. Um, and like, that's not how you build a stablecoin. So um, we're trying to take a really serious approach and, um, you know, hopefully be the, the die of, of Phantom um, if we can. Uh, Let's and go. Creditum is like totally expandable <clears throat> and extendable. And um, like, you know, it's going to be the module at the center of uh, a pretty serious ecosystem. Um, so I'm pumped. That's my shill without giving any uh, details because I'm not allowed to give details. And I apologize. I know it sucks. But um, we're all really serious about uh, CUSD and, and Creditum. And um, we're just looking forward and uh, as far forward as we can. So it's gangster. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, man, we did our first two-hour episode. Uh, thank you Ooh. all for staying awake. Uh, for anyone that, that – if you watched from the beginning – until now, you're either you've earned your NFT. Uh, yeah, you're a legend, or like you need a hobby, or you weren't paying attention, <laughs> or you were driving, or you were at work. Yeah, yes. but do me a favor, like the video, subscribe to the channel. I'm getting more comfortable saying that. Like and subscribe. Do it now. Like glowworms. Like and subscribe to the channel. Glowworms. Or you need to be shilling us, glowworms. You need to be marketing. You're a marketing guy. You're boots on the ground. Get it. Get it done. <laughs> Now. Uh, when FTM alerts, what is that? Pap smears? What, what, what did he just ask about? What it? Yeah, Shen. Beavis is talking too much. Enter the oh, chat. Yeah. <laughs> Portugal, Portugal. All right. We got to wrap this sucker up. Uh, with me as always, $24, Crypto Clay, Double Sharp, Justin Beavis. My name is Austin with FTM alerts, and I'll catch you guys on the next live stream. Take Peace care, out. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.